3: coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Happy home improvement, everybody. It's time to pick up the tools and get to work. But before you do that, pick up the phone and call us. With your home improvement question, let us help solve that do it yourself dilemma. The number is 888 Money pit 8886663974. We've got some suggestions on projects you might want to tackle this weekend, but we're sure you have a few on your mind which we'd like to hear about. So again, give us a call at 888 Money pit. Coming up in this hour, as the saying goes, a rolling stone gathers no moss. A roof on the other hand, does and we're going to have some tips <laughs> on how to get that nasty looking green stuff off of your roof. You know, it usually happens when you don't have a lot of sun, but there are a couple of tricks of the trade that you can employ to prevent moss from growing on your roof and we'll share those in just a bit.
0: And also at this hour, you know, we've had a crazy storm season over the summer and into the early fall, and the United States really has just taken a battering because of everything Mother Nature can dish out. And it really led to a last-minute scramble for those backup generators, especially making them scarce, you know, in the days leading up to Hurricane Irene. So we're going to talk about that in a bit.
3: Yeah. And, you know, even after the storm, Leslie, there were a lot of homeowners that actually had to be put on waiting lists for just a chance to buy one of those generators. And the problem was that many times they were at really jacked up prices. That's why it's never a good idea to wait until the last minute to make plans for the power outage. Mm. We've got some suggestions on how you can create your own backup power plan that will make sure that that doesn't happen to you
0: hmm And this hour, we've got a great prize up for grabs. We are giving away the Indulge Contemporary Hot Water Dispenser from Insyncorator, And it's a great way to save water because you will not be waiting for hot water to make your coffee or your tea or even in warming up baby bottles. It's just a great thing to have in your kitchen.
3: So give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. If we choose your name out of the Money Pit hard hat, you might just be the one that wins that contemporary hot water dispenser from Insincorator. So let's get to it. 888 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first?
0: Ray in Arizona needs some help with getting his pool ready for the winter season. What can we do for you?
4: Uh, we uh, have a six year old pool. It's a play pool, so it's about 12,000 gallons. Okay. It's pebble tack, it's not uh, smooth plaster.
3: So it's a, it's above ground or is it is it in ground?
4: It's in ground. Uh, it's built into into the landscape, so it's got an infinity edge um, mm-hmm. and a separate okay. spa, but it's combined. So um, it, it, we've um, we have some uh, major repairs that uh, we need to do, and I, we thought we would decommission it for the um, uh, for the off season and then shop for the parts uh, while it's, uh, we're getting the best prices, and then right. bring it back online um, next season.
3: Well, that makes sense. So are you talking about major mechanical repairs, like replacing pumps and that sort of thing?
4: We, uh, we had a, a, a chlorinator that was making the chlorine out of uh, salt, and um, that went out, and we have, uh, we have three pumps. We're probably going to replace all of the pumps and the uh, sand filter.
3: Well, there's not much left to winterize, <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, you're going to replace all the mechanical systems you got all the water out, obviously it's a good time to um, to check the structural condition of the pool and make any improvements that uh, that are ne- deemed necessary there to restore any cracks or or uh, a, you know any other uh, deterioration of the of the structural surface, the liner, and that sort of thing. But what specifically can we help you with?
4: We're just wondering what we should do, could do to protect the surface of the pool should we cover it with tarps is there a coating we should put on it um what uh, what steps might we take to just make uh, to um uh, best preserve the uh, pebble tech
3: so you don't have a uh, cover for this in ground pool then do you
4: No, it's a play pool. So it's a a, uh, irregular configuration that is, like I said, built into the landscape.
3: The self-draining pool covers are really the best kind. And they're usually custom ordered for a shaped pool like that. And the nice thing about self-draining covers is that they don't hold water, obviously. And even more important than that, if, you know, God forbid somebody was to fall in the pool, uh, it can support a person. So you know, i mean, if you mean we've had
0: deer a... walk across ours.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and they're they're super strong and because you've got the cover of the pool, then of course you're keeping the uh you know, the sun off of it and that stops the UV degradation that can impact the finishes and so on. So
4: I, I... Well I mean then when it comes time to use the pool is uh uh with an irregular shape and it being a smaller uh I mean twelve thousand gallons does retracting and uh the the cover uh present any challenges as far as flexibility?
3: No, I mean, you essentially take it off. Oh, you okay. Know, you, you put it on, you take it off.
4: Ours is
0: stored in like a giant industrial, I mean, it's not gigantic. It takes up like a little corner of the garage at my parents' beach home. But, um, you know, the cover goes right in there. It goes on really easily. It comes off really easily. And it really just protects the Patio around the surround, it protects, you know, when because we keep water in it year round, so it protects the water, it protects from debris going in there. And again, and it, where my parents have their home, lots of deer and crazy wildlife, and they walk right across it. And there's never been an incident knock wood,
4: so it doesn't float on the surface of the water, it's separate from uh, the, the water surface.
3: Well, that's correct. It sits just above, and there are uh, uh, fasteners that are embedded into the, into the, the decking concrete, into the concrete around the outside edge. And they, and then when you don't need them, they drop down flush. So oh, you pull so them off. So what
4: up. should I Google to uh, to shop for that?
3: Oh, any, any I'm sure any pool supply uh, company is going to sell these, but just it's called a self-draining pool cover. Okay. And usually like a mesh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or, a sa- or a pool. Sometimes it's called a safety pool cover or a mesh pool cover.
4: Excellent. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And next summer, Leslie, we know where we're going to be swimming in Arizona.
0: When we get to Arizona, completely. <laughs> You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, we are right into the autumn season, which we know is Goldilocks season for home improvers. It's just right outside to get a lot done. So call us with your to-do list and we'll help you check those items off. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
3: Up next, outdoor spaces offer a great escape right at home. But with all that stuff that collects around the outside of our homes, you know, the air conditioning compressors, the trash cans, you name it, sometimes it helps to have a very simple way to hide it.
0: That's right. And you know, privacy screens, they can do just that. And you can actually build them yourself fairly easily. So we're going to tell you how to do that project next.
5: On the Money Pit Radio Show.
6: The Money Pit is brought to you by InSinkErator instant hot or hot cool water dispensers. Delivering 200 degree hot or cool filtered water in an instant at the touch of a lever right at the kitchen sink. Perfect for homeowners looking to save time in the kitchen. For more information, please visit www.insyncorator.com
3: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Hey, how would you like to have 200 degree water right out of the sink instantly? You can make coffee, tea, or warming baby bottles all in an instant. If uh, you do, you might want to pick up the phone and call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT because one lucky caller who makes it on the air with us this hour is going to be able to do just that. We're giving away the Indulge Contemporary Dispenser from Insinkerator. It provides 200-degree hot as well as cool filtered water with a touch of a lever. Call us right now at 888 Money Pit for your chance to win.
0: All right. And that's a great prize that's going to make your kitchen life a whole lot easier. And that's what we do here at The Money Pit. We make your life and your home projects so super simple and we love to help you tackle things around your house. And one of the areas that we know you guys love at your home is your yard. But maybe when you're sitting out there, you're not exactly thrilled with some of those eyesores that mess up the scenery. Well, with the help of the Arrow Fastener Company, we've gotten an idea for an easy do it yourself project that will hide away those air conditioning units, trash cans, and more. You can actually build privacy screening with some posts and some lattice. And the best thing about this project is that there is no hammering involved. So, no sore thumbs, meaning you're not going to hammer your thumbs with your hammer, which you guys know it happens. It happens to the pros, it happens to me not sure if it happens to Tom, but it definitely happens to me. (laughs) So what you need to do to build these privacy screenings, first off, you're going to have to sink some support posts into the ground. And then once those have set, you go ahead and attach the lattice using the Arrow electric brad nail gun. And you can find that tool at arrowfastener.com. And you want to remember not to allow the bottom edge of the lattice panel to come in contact with the soil, or you are going to end up with a rotted lattice panel before you know it, because that's what happens. You get too much moisture, then you get bugs, just because the contact with the earth. So give yourself a couple of inches there just to let the air flow through and keep things dry. Now, to finish the look off, you can place a window box style planter on the ground in front of the lattice with maybe a beautiful climbing vine. And that's going to create a perfectly natural screen. If you want some more detailed step-by-step instructions on this project, check out my latest blog at moneypit.com. 888-666-3974
3: 888-666-3974 is the telephone number. Call us right now, and let's talk about your next home improvement project.
0: Mike in Pennsylvania has a question about flooring. How can we help you?
5: I'm a frequent listener, and I enjoy your show a lot. Thanks, I had a Mike. question. Thank you very much. I'm re- uh, renovating a 100-year-old farmhouse, more or less. Okay. And, and uh, I'm down to the floors. Uh, I had The downstairs floors were pretty decent uh, maple hardwood, a living room, a dining room, and a hallway but local uh, refinishers wanted anywhere from 250 to 275 a foot to revarnish them. Wow, Re-finish that's a good business. If <laughs> This radio well, thing
3: doesn't work uh, out. I'm I'm in for that one. You're in for the floors? Yeah, well, <laughs> I did it
5: with I did it with laminate for about a buck and a quarter a foot, so it I was bet. kind of a no-brainer. Okay. But I'm down to the radiators now. I I'm 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 questioning, you know, the, this is an old uh, uh ba- a radiator hot water system. Right. And it has some rather large radiators, which uh-huh. weigh hundreds of pounds, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they sit on, on, the smaller ones sit on four, you know, four corner feet. Right. The longer ones have a, a two feet in the middle. Yes. And I'm wondering what I could put under those feet. To I, I think they're going to sink into the laminate over mm-hmm. time.
3: Yeah, well, they might.
5: And you're I wonder what I could put under the feet to prevent Well, essentially
3: that. Want to, you essentially want to sort of create your own coaster for that. Now, you could do that out of laminate material. That would be the easiest thing to do. And if you choose your pattern carefully, it'll be fairly invisible when it's put down. Uh, but if you cut something out of the laminate material to slip under that, that will give it some protection. And of course, if you do it to all the legs equally, you won't impact the uh, the slant on the radiator.
5: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Joan in Colorado is dealing with the painting situation. What's going on?
2: Yes. Well, thank you, Tom and Leslie. About four years ago, we had the outside of our house painted and now, i know noticed last summer and also this year, uh, the chip, uh, paint is chipping off the foundation uh, because they also, you know, they painted the foundation along with the siding, and it's taking off a layer of the concrete from the hmm. f- foundation. Okay. And so... I, we really don't know what to do. Whether we should repaint the foundation, or basically, my husband would love to just get rid of the paint on the foundation. But mm-hmm. again, we have that problem of the concrete chipping off with the paint.
3: Well, uh, probably what's happening is the paint is separating from the from the concrete foundation, and the reason it's doing that is because of moisture. Yeah, the concrete is very hydroscopic, Joan. It soaks up an amazing amount of water. And they probably used the same paint they used on the house and the foundation, which was the wrong thing to do. Rather
0: than using a masonry paint.
3: Yeah, correct. So I think that what you might want to do is try to get off all the loose paint you can on the foundation. And then I would prime it again and do this on a really, really dry day. Make sure it's primed. Yeah,
0: let it dry for a couple of days. Like mm-hmm. wait okay. until that foundation is as dry as it can possibly be. Take yep. two, three days dry weather
3: prime it. Use an oil-based primer. You'll have the best adhesion. And then you can put a top coat of foundation paint, masonry paint over that. You could have the paint tinted. So perhaps your husband can get a different color if that's what he's trying to to go for. You know, maybe go back to the gray color. It doesn't matter. What about
0: patching any of the concrete that's sort of chipped off with the paint with an epoxy compound?
3: Yeah. If you have chips or holes, you can patch it. and, And as Leslie said, use an epoxy patch material for that. Oh, okay. Right.
2: Well, thank it's not you critical, very much. it's
3: more cosmetic. Okay, Joan?
2: Okay, well, thank you.
3: You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Mike in Missouri, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I have an 1873
7: home with a stone foundation. Okay. And the uh, stone's in very good shape, but it keeps crumbling, a light sand deterioration onto the floors on the inside and i was trying i would like to slow that or stop it without um uh, i have read that stone foundation should be allowed to breathe and it's survived very well for 140 years
3: <laughs> yeah but i mean let's uh you know enough already it's 140 years you got to maintain this <laughs> at this point in time yes, yes. Uh, what's happening is the uh, the mortar in between the stones is deteriorating and it has to be repointed. So you're explaining a very normal condition where the mortar eventually dries out after 140 years <laughs> and needs to be taken out and repointed. And so typically this is a job done by a mason. They mix up a very sticky mix of mortar, usually with a lot of uh, extra amount of lime in it to make it stick. And they pull out the loose mortar and then repoint it, press new mortar into place. And that's the way you maintain a floor like that. I, I don't know what uh, breathing, quote unquote, has to do with it. Um, foundations you know, are foundations. You want to keep the moisture away from them on the outside of your house. But when the mortar starts to deteriorate like that, it's got to be pulled out and repointed.
7: I see. So it's more mortar deterioration than the stone. Than the
3: stone itself, that's correct. Yep, stone's okay. going to last forever. It's the mortar that needs some work.
7: Okay. And then one other quick question. Two of the floors have, by a previous owner were Puritan pavers and moisture, ground moisture, sometimes leaches up through. Do I need to take all the pavers out and put a plastic under them or what?
3: Well, if you've got water that's leaking up from the floor of the basement, that points to poor drainage conditions. Mm -hmm. And so what's going on here is simply that you have moisture that's collecting at the foundation perimeter. And it needs to be drained away from the foundation further because that water collecting outside your house pushes down along the foundation wall. I'm sure it goes through the wall. You may be seeing some efflorescence because of the deteriorated moisture, uh, the deteriorated mortar that you have, and then eventually it comes up onto the floor. So I need you to look at gutters, making sure they're clean, free flowing, and extended four to six feet from the house, and grading, making sure the soil is sloped in such a way that water runs away from the house. Those two things should stop or completely, uh, completely stop uh, that water that's rising up in the basement floor.
7: Yes, yeah, and I know you're right. Uh, this entire town uh, has drainage problems. And so even the, the ditches out at the edge of town, it's a rural area. Even yeah, the ditches don't what? drain away very well. You don't have to
3: worry about the entire ha- town. You have to worry about the first, you know, four to six feet around your foundation. Okay. And that'll do it. All right? Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Going to talk to one of our Bayou buddies. We've got June in Louisiana who's doing a painting project. What can we help you with?
2: I have a two-car garage, and uh, we've been in our house about 23 years. I have always wanted to keep it looking as nice as I could, the concrete floor. And uh, I have been so uh, unfortunate not to be able to continue the pretty look whenever I paint it with a porch paint. Do you have any suggestions?
3: Yeah, porch paint is probably not the -the state-of-the-art material for painting concrete. We would recommend epoxy paint. Uh, okay. The problem is that you've got a lot of layers of porch paint on there. You're going to have to strip those off first or at least get as much of it off as you can because you can't put good paint over bad paint. It's still going to strip off. But when you right. get it down to a good surface, you can use an epoxy paint. It's a two-part material. consists of a hardener and a base. And when you mix them together, you get about one to two hours to work with it. And it flows really nice. It, it adheres very well. It's very, very durable. You don't have to wait nearly as long. To, uh, to use it. You won't get as much hot tire pickup, which happens with the porch paint when you put your car in there and the tires are yeah. hot. And then you back it out and the paint sticks to the tires. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And with a lot of the epoxy uh, garage products, you can usually have some sort of an additive in there that's like a speckle finish or something of that nature to give a little texture and helps hide the dirt. So yeah. I would stop using the porch paint, not designed for that, and start using the epoxy paints.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Still ahead, a rolling stone gathers no moss, but a roof, it sure can. We're going to help you get rid of that moss and keep it from coming back
6: after this. The Money Pit is brought to you in part by Arrow Fastener Company, the leader in professional fastening products since 1929. The makers of the iconic T50 staple gun, the world's best-selling staple gun, Arrow Fastener has the right tool for every application. Explore Arrow's latest product innovations at aerofastener.com.
1: All the Money Pit radio show. Because-
6: The Money Pit is brought to you by the hydra right Drop-In Dual Flush Converter. Proud sponsor of Water Conservation 2011, the hydra right easily converts your toilet into a water and money-saving dual flush toilet. Push the quick flush setting for liquids or the full flush for more. Look for the hydra right at the Home Depot and other fine retailers. Or visit SaveMyToilet.com.
3: Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Looking for easy ways to cut water use and save money? Well, if so, head on over to MoneyPit.com and check out our water-saving product guide for lots of great tips and suggestions. You're going to learn how to slow the flow at home, save water, and save money.
0: Lawrence in California is on the line with a snow and a roofing question. And calling from California about snow, what's going on, Lawrence?
4: Well, I live about 3,000 feet up in the Sierras. Ah, Ah, and
0: that explains your snow.
4: Oh, yeah, we do get snow. And I got rain gutter problems.
3: All right, so what's going on?
4: Well, I got a metal roof on my house. And, of course, it snows a foot or two of snow. And the snow slides off the metal roof. And when it does that, it takes my rain gutters with it. Right. Is, there a sol- is there a solution to that?
3: Yeah, there is. A couple of things. First of all, how are your rain gutters attached? Are they attached with uh, spikes?
7: Uh, yes.
3: Okay. So what you want to do is there are uh, screws that you can use. They have usually have Allen heads that you can replace the gutter spikes with and the ferrules, the tubes. And... Those are a much more permanent connection, which will totally secure
2: mm-hmm. the rain guards to the fascia.
3: Out. And the second thing you might want to do is, is add some snow guards.
0: Mm-hmm. And those are simply, I mean, they're not, as, they're kind of act like a clip, but they run, you know, parallel to your roof's edge, you know, a, a little bit more up the roof and usually do one or two rows of them, depending on the height, slope, size of your roof. And these act as little stoppers. So as the snow slides down, it doesn't go beyond that little lip. And there's actually a great website dedicated specifically to metal roofing needs, and it's metalroofsnowguards.com. And they're fairly easy to install, and, and they really do stop that problem.
4: I'll definitely look on the uh, computer there, see if I can get something that uh, resembles snow guards and, and go from there, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. All
3: right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank
7: you so much. Have a good day.
0: Well, as the saying goes, a rolling stone gathers no moss, but a roof, especially one that doesn't get much sun, sure can. Moss on the roof isn't going to cause much harm, but it can look pretty ugly.
3: Definitely. And there are ways to clean the roof and things you can do to keep that moss from coming back. Here with some mm-hmm. ideas on how to do just that is this old house general contractor, Tom Silva. Welcome, Tommy. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. You know, we get a lot of calls and everyone calls that stuff on the roof that's green and black and ugly mold, but it's not always mold. In some cases, it's moss or Other things, right?
1: Right. It's also lichen, is another word for two.
3: Now, that attaches to the shingles. Um, why, does, why is a shingle surface so attractive to uh, the moss and the lichen and the algae?
1: Since we started using fire rated shingles, there's actually a ceramic crystal in the shingle that the moss, the mold, or the lichen attach themselves to. Oh,
3: interesting. So it's not really interested in the asphalt qualities of it. It's really that
1: ceramic coating that's going after. Exactly. Now, exactly. is that
3: why this seems to be a, a, a more of a problem in the last uh, 10 to 20 years than ever before?
1: You hit it right on. Yeah, it started about 20 years ago when we started using what they call Class A shingles.
0: So now, since this mold or moss or whatever it is is attaching itself to this fire coating, fireproof coating, when you do remove it, are you damaging or you know lessening the effect of the fireproof coating?
1: Not generally, but it really depends on how you remove it. So what's your secret solution? Well, my secret solution is bleach and water. Okay. Uh, but you got to remember, bleach is going to destroy your clothes and anything else it touches. So you want to protect yourself and the surroundings, like your plants. You want to wet them down first before you do anything, and even cover them with plastic. And the solution that I like is about 50-50. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's strong.
0: And you have to be really careful because it, it's super slippery on that surface.
1: The moss up on that roof can be like ice, so you don't want to step on it. And when you wet it down with the bleach and water... It's really slippery. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't want to use bleach, are there any less uh, damaging, potentially, solutions that you can use? Yeah, there's some biodegradable chemicals out there that do a great job. Now...
0: I mean, it always seems like it comes down to a maintenance issue. Is there anything, you know, or any preventative steps that you can take to sort of lessen the work you'll have to do down the road?
1: Sure. There are uh, right above the area that you get, you get the moss, the lichen or the mold. You can actually attach to the underside of the tab of the shingle, exposing about two inches to the weather. uh, They call zinc strips.
3: Okay, so this kind of looks like a piece of flashing, and you slip it up underneath the shingle, let a little bit hang down, and it's made right. of
1: zinc? Right. It comes in
3: rolls or strips. Now, why is zinc uh, the, the important metal here? What does it do?
1: Well, basically, when it rains, the rain c- collects the particulates off of the, off of the zinc, and it runs down the roof, and it kills the moss or mold or mildew. It doesn't like it. It won't grow there. It says, I don't want to be here, so... Your roof stays clean. So it's sort of a natural mildew side in a way. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Now, what about if you have, we always find that this is worse on homes that have a lot of shade. Is it a good idea to kind of look at the treescape around the house, see if you can get a little more sunlight there if it's possible?
1: If you can prune out the trees and get a little bit of light on that roof, it definitely helps. You you notice that you always get it on one side of the roof and not on the other side.
0: You know, all of this work that we're doing to remove the algae or the moss or the mildew, it's not going to hurt the roof shingles in any way, shape or form.
1: Well, not by removing it with the water or chemicals. You don't want to get up there and and scrape it, because the scraping will definitely damage the shingles. Now, Tom, the moss on the roof, it looks horrible, but does it ever get to a point where it really damages the shingles? Uh, Absolutely. It can not only damage the shingles... It shortens a lifetime of the shingles, but it can get into the roof because it's holding the shingles and keeping them wet so much that it'll damage the substrate below, and eventually it could rot the roof.
3: So definitely an important home maintenance project. Tom Silva, the general contractor from TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. It's my pleasure. And for more great tips just like that, including a video that will teach you how to keep your roof clean, visit thisoldhouse.com.
0: And make sure you watch Tommy and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station.
3: And this old house is brought to you by train. Nothing stops a train. Still ahead after a summer of playdates, parties, and extra foot traffic in your home, you might want to think about steam cleaning your carpeting this fall. It's a great weekend project that can extend the life of your rugs. Up next, we're going to have some tips on how you can get that project done the right way.
7: You live in a money pit.
6: The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac, makers of the number one selling Guardian Series home standby generators. Now introducing a full line of consumer and professional power washers. Whether you need to power it, clean it, or protect it, Generac can help. Visit Generac.com to learn more.
3: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Fit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, don't forget about our prize this hour. It's the Insignorator's Indulge Contemporary Water Dispenser. And this little appliance is super handy. It hooks up to your sink and it can instantly turn out filtered water that's either cold or, get this, up to 200 degrees. And that's hot enough to make a cup of tea or brew some coffee. And the best part for those new moms out there it warms up baby bottles you don 't have to wait around it 's really just a great thing to have in your kitchen and One lucky caller who gets on the air with us this hour asks their question on the air that 's right. You have to have a question and it can 't be like, "Hey, I want that hot water thing." We know you 're working on some projects, so pick up the phone and give us a call at eight 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 money pit for your chance to win
3: eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four well, kids, pets, and family traffic can certainly lead to some pretty dingy looking carpets and do that very quickly. Fortunately, it's not that hard to steam clean them yourself. It's something that you can do. Uh, and should do about once a year to keep those carpets looking new and smelling fresh. And it will also help them last longer as well, because the more dirt that gets in there, the more that dirt grinds away at the carpet, and that's actually what wears them out. Now, to do that, you can rent a steam cleaner at your local home center or even at a supermarket near you.
5: Mm
0: -hmm. And you know what's super important? I think everybody forgets this. While you're at the store picking up your rental, make sure that you get the right amount and type of cleaning fluid to go with the machine you rent because it is very specific. So you have to get the right cleaner for the right steam cleaner. Otherwise, they're just not going to work and you're not going to end up with any happy results for your carpeting. Now, if you've got some pet stains in your home and that's the issue you're trying to correct, look for pet-specific solutions to solve that problem. And you also might want to consider getting the upholstery attachment It might cost a little extra, but it's totally worth it for those hard-to-reach areas, your furnishings, and even the stairs. And you may want to go over any extremely dirty areas more than once. Remember, a little hard work is going to go a long way in keeping your home feeling clean and looking fresh. I mean, think about it. We're about to be locked inside for the winter season, (laughs) so get everything clean and smelling fresh now, and you'll enjoy the winter, actually. (laughs)
3: i got to tell you, I'm always very impressed with what a great job carpet cleaners do. We have a, a rental unit, and uh, when the last tenant moved out, I was, I was convinced we were going to have to replace all the carpet. But uh, two passes with the steam cleaner, it brought it right back again. looks mm-hmm. And, it and it's actually a
0: fun chore. Like, I don't mind steam cleaning a carpet. I think it's a fun project.
3: Absolutely. 888-666-3974. Call us with your fun project. We know there's one on your to-do list, and let's get it done together.
0: Now we've got Paulette from Illinois on the line who's dealing with a concrete cracking issue. Tell us what's going on.
2: My entry, when you come into my house, like the, the sidewalk, uh, I don't know, the walkway, um, just just uh, where the step is and the walkway is, there's a huge gap. It was small, but now it's getting a lot larger. It's like one and a half to one to one and a half inches I just measured. So, and then it's on a decline. I noticed that from this crack all the way to the, you know, I would say it's like one, two, I would say like three squares of concrete and it's going downward.
3: Okay. So underneath the step, you're, you're stepping down to like a sidewalk or a patio. Is that correct?
2: Right. Like a small patio. Yes. Okay. It's about- and so
3: the patio has slid away, so to speak, from the step.
2: Right. It cracked away. Yes.
3: It cracked away. So it was at one point in time, it was, was one piece, which Correct. would be odd, by the way. But now you're telling me that there's a big crack there. And the crack is as wide as the step or wider?
2: It's about, let me see, probably about six feet long. Okay. It's as long as my, that, that little sidewalk area.
3: What you're going to do is this. You're going to use an epoxy, epoxy. patching compound. Yes. Epoxy. And the reason you're gonna do that is because the epoxy is gonna to stick to the old concrete. What happened here, Paulette, was when this was originally built, there should have been an expansion joint put in there. This was improperly constructed because you're not gonna be able to stop, you know, a staircase or a step and a and a patio from separating like that. Mm. So because they built it the way they did um, you have a crack, so now you have to patch that, and you don't want to use just regular concrete for that because if you do, it won't stick. What you do need to do is to use epoxy patching compound, uh, and the epoxy will adhere to the old concrete, and uh, it may be slightly different color, but if you do a nice neat job, that will stop any water from getting in there, and that's important too because if the water gets in there, then it just it, it compounds itself because it expands and gets wider and so on. So, and I would do that, I would do that now, you know, before next winter so that uh, you prevent that from happening to you, okay?
2: Because I could see, like, dirt in there, like, underneath there, way down. Yeah,
3: clean, clean it out, clean it out, and then mm-hmm. do the patch. All right. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, if all the power outages caused by Hurricane Irene and all the other storms that have affected the country this year have finally convinced you to get a generator, don't wait for the next storm to invest in one. Learn why a backup power system needs to be planned for well ahead of time and what you need to do to get the job done. We'll have that after this.
6: This portion of The Money Pit is brought to you by The Iron Shop, the leading manufacturer of spiral stair kits. Visit www.theironshop.com today to find out how you can own a beautiful iron spiral staircase.
3: Where home solutions live. Welcome back to The Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Well, the last minute scramble for backup generators made them a very scarce commodity in the days before Hurricane Irene struck. And even after the storm, some homeowners that wanted them, well, they had to get onto waiting lists just for a chance to buy one. And sometimes at jacked up prices, you know, the old rule of supply and demand, (laughs) a lot of demand and not a lot of supply means you're going to pay big bucks if you wait to the last minute.
0: That's right. You know, it's never a good idea to wait until the last minute to make plans for a power outage. And millions of homeowners learned that the hard way this summer. So here to tell us more about backup power options is Jerry Hercht of Norwal Power Systems. Welcome, Jerry. Hi there. How you doing, guys? We survived Irene.
3: (laughs) That's right. We survived Irene uh, and all the other storms that have happened over the last uh, several months. We're getting to a point where having backup power is really becoming a necessity. I mean, you just can't rely on the power company anymore.
8: No, that's, that's a fact. You can't.
3: So what are some of the things that I think folks don't think about when power goes out? Obviously, we all think about the conveniences of lights and, and of course, television. (laughs) In my house with three kids, got to have the TV. (laughs) But I mean, there are some pretty significant structural and mechanical problems that can happen uh, when power goes down.
8: That's true. Most people don't understand that uh, when you lose your air conditioning, you know, there's a possibility of, of mold growing in your home in just a short period of time. Uh, The National Association of Home Builders says that that can be as little as uh, 48 hours. Also, people don't uh, take into consideration that uh, if they don't have hot water, their pipes could freeze and bump Bump pumps don't work. Uh, There's there's all kinds of things that can occur. Uh, People don't understand that uh, food in the refrigerator, after about 24 hours, starts to deteriorate. Uh, with a Generac Home Backup System from Norwalk Power Systems, and we eliminate all these problems. Uh, This system actually detects the electricity failing and starts the generator up and switches power on to the essential uh, items in your house or it powers your whole house like nothing happened.
3: Now, Jerry, there are really two types of generators out there. I think most people are aware of portable generators, the type that are always on wheels, and you wheel them out because you you have to wheel them outside your house because you can't use them inside because you're going to... Uh, poison the, all the occupants with carbon monoxide. You have to run them outside on the driveway and then plug everything into it. Uh, they work in a pinch. They're, I mean, you'd much rather have one than not if you didn't have power. But a better option is a standby generator. How are those different than portables?
8: Well, a standby generator, number one, is going to continue to run as long as it has fuel, just like a portable generator. The difference is portable generators are usually powered by gasoline, so therefore somebody has to go out every six to eight hours and fill it up, and there's a safety concern with filling up a hot generator. A home standby generator, on the other hand, is connected to either a liquid propane tank or natural gas. And will run as long as needed, as long as it's shut down periodically to check the oil and make sure that uh, everything is right within the generator. But it, it can provide power up to weeks. In some cases, I've heard stories of people being out of power for seven and eight weeks, and these generators just keep running.
3: If you want more information, you can visit Jerry's company's website, which is norwall.com, N-O-R-W-A-L-L.com, or pick up the phone and call them at 928-453-4494. That's 928-453-4494. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.